the Neon Confidential Podcast. Is this thing on? <laughs> Welcome back to the Neon Confidential Podcast. I am personally so excited to bring this episode to the Neon Confidential listeners because Seth is not only one of my best friends in Las Vegas, but he's trained me for years and he and his mullet have been the subject of a ton of DMs I get on a weekly basis when we train together. I'm an athlete and I've trained my entire life and I love training with Seth because I nerd out on kinesiology and the study of the body and he is so knowledgeable about strength training and movement. Anyone who knows me knows that I work out every single day and I wear my wearable workout technology, the whoop strap to track my sleep, rest and recovery and HRV, which stands for heart rate variability. I totally screw that up in the episode. So just know that's what it stands for. Okay. (laughs) All of which we get into in this episode. Seth takes his time to understand the science behind training and his results for his clients that include anyone from soccer moms to industry girls to professional UFC athletes and rugby players are a huge testament to his knowledge. We also get into workout and health fads, which he refutes with good old fashioned science and discuss the three main ingredients for overall health and wellness for how to become a healthier you. This episode covers a lot of ground and makes it easy for people to understand how genetic predisposition does not determine your results, how Seth's near-death experience had a positive impact on his life, spoiler alert, he hiked Mount Everest soon after, and so much more. With that, please welcome Seth to the Neon Confidential Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the episode you've all been waiting for, Seth Lagana <laughs> from Walls of Fitness, my trainer who whips my ass on a weekly basis, is on the Neon Confidential podcast today. Thanks for joining us, Seth. I know you had to cancel some sessions just to, to join us because you are so damn busy. It's okay. Um, how many sessions or how many people did you train last year? I know you like your booking system keeps track. Uh, 5,900. So it's an average of 16 people a day. 16 people. It's the top 1% in the country. Really? I didn't even know until I got that notification from them. Then they send me all these weird awards and stuff like that. So do you think, I mean, you're the busiest trainer in Vegas probably. I don't, I don't know. That's it's hard to say. That's there's insane. A, 16 there's people a day. There's a difference between being the busiest trainer and being the most profitable trainer. So making the most money. And I know there's other trainers in town that uh, do exceedingly well, that they charge a lot more than I do, but. Why don't you charge more? um, Accessibility, like, I don't don't wanna isolate or alienate anybody, you know? I want people to come in and there be some opportunity to do group fitness, or I call it group private. Mm -hmm. Um, Not everybody can afford $1,200, $1,400 a month, you know? And uh, most of my major transformations have come from people that are on a budget and that's kind of the rewarding part of this i didn't get into this for money i left a ceo position to do this and um i just love it i love it so a few things can you talk about because like definitely being in vegas there's like now there's fitness like influencers and fitness trainers and people that definitely post like the best of the best results because that's what people want to watch it's like hot people working out right? right but like as a trainer i feel like you especially i mean i just pay attention to the people in vegas but i feel like you post like the before and afters from people who like literally started like at their heaviest Mm -hmm. and then they're just like the most fit they've ever been. So do you use that as like a strategy or like 
why do you why do you like to do that transformations are always going to sell that's the biggest part of of the job and um i try to do that as much as i can you know it just depends on the client's discipline and i can't teach discipline that's something that they have to have i always say this it, it, i wish i could go home and just slap food out of people's faces but i can't so um it's hard to get a transformation they're tough so when you do it it's important to document it all and i that's one thing i do a lot i document everything everything i can and i, I don't want to leave anybody out too i notice a lot of trainers in town they only take videos of their hot clients you know or their clients that have like a bunch of instagram followers yeah yeah and i don't want to do that Every, everybody gets um some some notoriety everyone gets noticed every day i i try to i don't try to leave anybody out if i do i'll even apologize i'll be like hey i didn't get a video of you today i'm so sorry um yeah i mean it kind of sucks like the heart out of it too like if you notice that people are only training people who are like look like they're already fit like that kind of intimidates people who like just want to know if they can start right and i i train everybody i train soccer moms i train you know older men i train yo pros industry girls i've trained professional athletes uh two world champions now uh leon edwards and alex wolkanowski which i had the pleasure of training which was amazing um casey o'neill who's a professional ufc fighter she's actually got a fight this weekend um, I think it's this weekend. Yeah, I've I trained at the time. gym when you've been training her. I'm trying to remember how I found you, but I definitely feel like I saw some of your workouts on Instagram and it just like looked like they were more geared toward like athletes, Yeah, which is what I liked. Well, I, I am an athlete, so um, I've been playing rugby pretty much my whole life. And um, that's a big reason why I lift is to get better on the field. So I kind of translated over into training. Well, there's a whole story of why I got into training and it, yeah, I want you to go into that too. I mean, that should have been the first question that I asked, but I figured we were just going to start going off on tangents because no, we know okay. each other so well. But it's okay. yeah, t- like, how did you get into fitness? I don't even think so, I know the story. Um, I graduated in 2009 in like the butthole of the recession. Like, <laughs> I had no money to my name. I was a bartender in college and I managed that bar. It was called Keel Irish Pub, it was in Reno. And it was awesome, but I just could not stand the weather. Like, and all my friends, who I grew up with were just having a blast in Vegas and the, you know I just missed all my friends so wait what do you mean the weather in Reno oh it's it's insanely capricious like one day it'll be snowy next day it'll be rainy windy and then it'll be like uh, sunshine and it's just all over the place and it's it's hard to like adjust to it it's tough and it's so cold at times so like kind of like how vegas has been the last like month but anyway you know but it hasn't it's nowhere near as bad as reno anybody who's lived in reno will attest to this it's just it it's bone chilling cold like all the way through spring it'll be cold and it's just i going through these harsh springs in reno and just seeing all my friends just having so much fun um it just i wanted to leave and then I also went to a coach, my first Coachella ever, and all my friends went, went, and I didn't have a lot of friends in Reno because I just worked so much. And it just like, I don't know, I just had to get out of there. I had no social life, and I feel like I was just missing out on life. So I graduate from UNR, and I go down to Vegas, and I don't know what the hell to do, like, at all. And I was, at the time, I was extremely fit, like, super fit. I, I ran a lot, and uh, I played rugby in college um, for the Zephyrs in Reno. So... I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I just started training my friends, you know, like at LVAC. And then 
they, the people at LVSC were like, no, you need to get certified to do this. So I got my certification, AFAA. Like they could tell that you weren't just like their yeah. gym buddy. Like yeah. you were like full on, like not yeah. working I out try, I tried. <laughs> and training them. I tried to hide as much as I can. I was like, and then try to, you know, work out with every single one. But it got to the point where I was like training like seven people a day. I was there all day. They, they kind of knew what I was doing. <laughs> so I, I kind of started because I didn't really know what I was going to do. And I was just good at it. I was just really good at it. And then I started a couple companies and I kind of um, stopped doing it. And then when my companies uh, became really difficult for me to like, I don't know, it just became super stressful. And I, you know, you're an entrepreneur. Um, the stress was just too overwhelming, you know, and I just had to, I had to give it up and I went back to training and I've been doing it ever since. I love it. I was built for it. Um, I'm actually doing better as a trainer than I was when I was a CEO. So... That's kind of why I started, but I I mostly started it because um, I was just broke in 2009 <laughs> coming out of college. <laughs> but that's the point that like people, more people should do that is like follow their passions. Like you were already like that's what I tell people that you know just don't really have a career path. Is there? I'm like, what did you like to do when you were younger? And for you, that was probably rugby and sports. Yeah. Um, and for me, it was like creative writing. And now I own a PR agency, and so. You well, know. what's funny is I got a degree in creative writing. I know. UNR. Well, we've nerded out on that stuff before. <laughs> yeah. I think there's like a, what book was it that was on my um, like coffee table and you picked it up and like, I don't even think it, I didn't expect anyone else to know of the author. And you're like, I can't believe you like read this. Is it Agatha Christie? No. Mm. Uh, doesn't she write murder mysteries? Yeah. yeah. She's like noir no, books. I, I, it doesn't matter. I'll get stuck on that. Oh, okay. But there was like some like very strange book that like anybody wouldn't have, or most people wouldn't have known this author. I mean, other than your PR stuff, are you writing at all anymore? God dang it. Why are you interviewing me? <laughs> I, I, I got the hard questions. Um, you know, I, what's, what's interesting is like, I also haven't really been reading a lot, but like, but now I, now I have. And what I find is that when I read that inspires my like creative writing more. Right. So it's like, I almost can't hand do, hand. yeah, I can't yeah. do one without the other. Cause I'll start reading. And then if I try to go to sleep, cause I'm like reading at night, I'll literally just shoot up in bed and have this like thought about whatever I was reading, but it's my own sort of like segue and I'll kind of just jot it down in my notes. Um, but you know, it's like sort of, you know. Yeah, I haven't since college, and um, I feel like I'm missing out on something. I was so good at it. I had some stuff published when I was in college. I remember and, you saying that. And just like rereading some of that stuff, I'm like, I can't believe I fucking wrote like, that. Like, yeah, that came out of my brain. Yeah, I do that. I and do that sometimes. I think that. So sometimes. my dad was dead broke when I was going to school, and um, the only way I got through school was these writing scholarships, and they paid pretty much for everything, and I got so many of them when I was in school, just like dumb things like write about Nevada or write about your family and stuff like that. And I would submit into these journals and they would send me scholarship money. I did it for, for years when I was in school and That's that was awesome. the only way I could really pay for college. Um, but yeah, and I haven't done it. I should do it. I don't know why everyone tells me I should. I wonder if, um, like is training cause you know how like creative is, um, right brained like being creative is your right brain and then like being charts and graphs and stuff is your left brain like is is training like left or right brain i feel like you have to be kind of creative to like it's know little, i mean work it's probably a little bit of both but yeah but it's like scientific and technical and there's like numbers and well, the thing about train like modern training right now is people want to do all these different new workouts but and the science will show you that the the compounds and like the regular workouts and being monotonous and 
um, repetition is really how you make the most progress. So it's like taking six basic workouts and really doing them every week until you get better and better and better. And it's like, it's called progressive overload. And, uh, so when you start adding all these different workouts in that you necessarily kind of necessarily add progressive overload, it kind of, it, it disrupts your progress big time. So if you see these trainers online with all these wacky workouts, like, I mean, I don't know. I don't think it's as functional or as uh, beneficial as people think. So I was going to save this question for later, but since we're talking about this, because <clears throat> you and I were talking, I asked you about cold plunge specifically. Yeah, Because I was it. kind of like getting in. So I just keep hearing everyone talking about cold plunges. And I tried the Wim Hof method because like a few people that like I've referred <laughs> that you currently train, um, are into that stuff and i'm like well there's you know I, I look up to those people and i think that they like have good heads on their shoulders mm. and so i started doing the wim hof method so you like set the timer on your phone and you like take a cold shower and like i did it for three weeks and i was like i am fucking miserable like this is not fun i don't see any well, results that's... from this i don't even know why i'm doing this all i can feel is that like i am shocking my nervous system and it's to me it's like i'm so stressed <laughs> in a cold environment like that that i'm like my cortisol has got to be like way through the roof i'm like this can't be good for me well i think there's a psychological aspect to this that people think it's beneficial it, it's overcoming like uh duress right putting yourself through I do duress that on a and, daily basis I, why the fuck do i want to do that when i'm trying to have a nice shower and go to bed well these are the these are the claims that why it benefits people and other than the, like the physiological benefits i mean there's a lot of studies that show like putting yourself in cold and then heat is beneficial but there's also studies that show that getting into a cold water after working out is detrimental to your um hypertrophy so like muscle growth yes okay yes. so i'm gonna pull up like the exact message that you sent uh -huh. on instagram we were talking about this back and forth because i was like you literally just shut that shit down to me and it was like everything how i felt about cold plunge and you like said it so i'm gonna read it exactly okay. um okay here is how this conversation went y'all i said what do you think about cold showers and plunges and all this shocking your system shit you said I think if you did a study comparing cold plunges to eating properly and getting adequate sleep, there would be no comparison. I'm sure there are some benefits to cold plunging and cold immersion, but nothing beats diet, sleep, and hydration for overall health. In 15 years of training, I can tell you that most people struggle with those three things, which yeah. I feel like that knocked out of part, the park. But then you said... I think the science shows that cold plunge can help, but it's not as much as people think. Also, that study that Huberman is talking about includes heat exposure too, which like, I feel like people just read the parts that, that support yeah. their argument exactly. in, in any yeah. instance. Okay, so I'm going to keep They on. just read the abstract, yeah. You said it was done by Susanna Soberg. Soberg, yeah. She did cold immersion and immediately after she did heat exposure. My question is, who has access to all of this shit? Yeah, right. And let's, this is a slight like segue, but like, totally related i can't stand how people are like hypocritical about what people spend their money on my ex-boyfriend was talking about how i have a restoration hardware couch and it was like ten thousand dollars first of all the reason why i bought that couch 
it's because I ordered three couches online and like they showed up and they were like not the right size because like mm -hmm. it's probably me like I can't really measure I'm like not into math <laughs> um, or it like wasn't the right color so what I do or did was I went and got fucking hammered at uh, Echo and Rig during brunch and I was talking about how frustrated I was that I had nowhere to sit down in my house <laughs> in my new house so what do I do? Like restoration hardware is right there. I didn't even look around the store. I went right up to the model couch. I pointed at it and I handed the lady my credit card and I was like, I'm going to bend over and take it. <laughs> like, Baller. Just, and that was it. But also but like you get, you can do stuff like that. So that's awesome. Sort of. But like, I knew it was an investment. Then I got the couch in 2017. It's 2023. Don't regret it at all. My point is that like while I'm intercepting this like hypocritical bullshit from my ex, he's like, your couch is $10,000. We're not compatible. I'm like, motherfucker, you have a $4,000 espresso machine. What? What? <laughs> like, Does he even make it all the time? Does no. Does he use it? I no. It. I use the couch every night. You're going to get so much more out of the couch for sure. Totally. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> As I <laughs> you said we can both agree that we this don't was like that to guy. me like the mic drop you said and now you have all these american people buying umpteen bags of ice to make cold plunges and super expensive cold tubs meanwhile people are experiencing drought in other countries the eco footprint seems a bit steep for minimal benefits don't you think yeah. i'm like i do fucking think <laughs> it's like all these dumbass people they're like i'm gonna go buy 10 bags of ice and then like fucking some kid in congo was like can i just get some ice <laughs> I just like, get some water get to make three the ice, ice cubes. They want right, like uh, it's just a weird fad that is unnecessary. That it's just taking off, and uh, I, I get it. There, there, there are so many different things you can do to to benefit and and help with muscle um, growth and longevity, and like there's so many different supplements you can take. But if you can't get the basic shit down, you know, the the eating right, the hydration, and the sleep, it's just like what the fuck is the point? Like finish those three first, you know, before you start buying twenty bags of ice and filling your tub up. Like I don't know, I think it's funny. All, most of the trainers that I know feel the same way. They okay. do. They all feel the same way. Because I feel way. like when. And I was an athlete, like in high school, we had to take like ice baths afterward. And like, I don't know. I just don't feel like it really did anything. Well, it, it does help with reducing inflammation. There are studies that show that. But the whole concept of icing injuries to help them speed up recovery actually is not true. They, The guy that, okay, I don't know if you can look this up, but the guy yeah. that originally um, made this claim, he came out and he like redacted it. Like he said, I wasn't actually correct, but <laughs> people are still doing it. Even though the guy that who originally, I can't remember his name. He originally was the one that claimed, Hey, if you ice injuries, it'll speed up the recovery. And then he came out recently and was like, ah, that's actually not true. <laughs> so you shouldn't do that. So, um, but oh. pe people still do it. You see LeBron James on the, on the side of the court using ice to, you know, help with his knees and stuff like that. Hmm. I, it's active recovery is always going to be your best bet, you know? Um, there's some other things you can do working on your mobility and strength training that'll help you with but recovery that's, but too. But people aren't even doing it for injuries though, is my point. No. Like for inflammation, for totally. Loss. They think it's for fat loss. Right. And it's the the fat loss that comes from it, I think is extremely minuscule. And then you also see, uh, see people like in Russia who use it to help with their immune system. So they claim that it helps with your immune system, just uh, being exposed to that type of environment. 
I don't know what the science says on that, but they do that a lot too. Um, yeah, probably because they're out there like fucking ice fishing and shit. Like yeah. we don't have to do that. We don't have to like <laughs> prep our bodies to well, like be did, in sub-zero temperatures. And then I want to know how did this start? That he's like some guy is just ice fishing and he just fell in. He's like, I'm not cold. Like <laughs> it's like <laughs> oh I didn't God, get a head cold for six months. Right. I'm gonna jump back in the lake. Okay, so so you would say like the three pillars of fitness are what sleep, hydration, and good diet yeah and yeah. so sleep is they're finding out new studies right now that sleep is the biggest performance enhancing drug you can take yeah like the biggest one so i'm gonna tell a little story of oh, the sleep apnea story <laughs> yeah. so i was like super and i i get most people who are like also athletes super jazzed on like the whoop it's wearable technology right. it tracks your like recovery your workouts your crv which your, is your cardiovascular uh what is it something it doesn't matter like it it's like gives you a recovery score every day right. and and sleep is a huge part of that so this is like for everyone else who's listening i got seth all jazzed on this whoop and like every time i he'd ordered it and it was like these whoops got and i've been wearing mine for like three years now but like they got so popular that they were back ordered because <clears throat> they just come out with the 4.0 and you like every time I'd come in, you're like twelve more weeks, ten more weeks, like <laughs> like you're like so stoked to get this whoop. Then he gets the whoop, and I come in, and he's like so fucking bummed out. Like I'm like, what's wrong? And you're like, I just like mine's not working. And I'm like, what do you mean it's not working? Dude, my recovery was at like 12 percent every day, every single day. So I said to you because one time, and this is the time we were talking about like off air. Um, you uh, passed out at my house yeah. and Zena literally thought you were dying, dying because, <laughs> and I didn't know that you had sleep apnea. Yeah, so it's like the walls are shaking. You sound like you're dying. I've never experienced anything like that. I'm like, Oh my God, it's you. Zena's like pawing at you. Like <laughs> she was on like, top of me. I yeah. looked up and she's got her paws on my forehead. And so let me just explain to someone like what it sounds like. If you're not familiar with someone who has sleep apnea and you correct me if I'm wrong. It's basically like if your body, you obviously are sleeping when you breathe and it's like an unconscious thing. It's like the one thing that everyone has in common that you don't think about. Right. <clears throat> and so you, like, what is that? You just can't breathe? Um, I can't breathe. Yeah. There's a, a couple of reasons why I can't breathe. I've broken my nose a couple of times playing rugby. Um, couple other reasons why don't make this sound don't make yourself sound more macho okay this sounds no, like fucking insane no no just my my nasal passageways are just kind of screwed up i still have tonsils and like my nose is really shitty but you can tell from me talking i'm a little congested always well and also this weather sucks because i am too but so anyway there he is like about to like die and it's like once you don't once you miss breaths like that your body like is your organs are trying to do their thing and like right. fill your lungs up with air so you're literally gasping for air right. and it sounds like you're in like a state of like just distress right um yeah. so i'm telling i was telling him that like the whoop isn't working because like you have you need to like get this fixed right. you know so then explain to people i mean this part like is not funny because this is probably like in our friendship the most scared that i've ever been well, um, I so I got COVID for the third time, and I think athletes are very vulnerable to getting COVID. And the reason why is because you are training so much, you put your immune system in a vulnerable state. So, on um, the time I was like training twice a day, and uh, I was getting ready for Mount Everest, this big climb that I was going to do with my buddy Sammy, and um, I didn't 
it wasn't like the worst COVID I, I had out of the three, but it kept me up at night and, and I couldn't sleep because I was, it was kind of hard for me to breathe. Yeah. And, and my dumbass didn't think like I should wear my CPAP. I was just like watching HBO and like doing stupid shit to stay up. And to be honest with you, <laughs> I work so much getting a week off because I had COVID was kind of like nice. It was, I can stay up, I can just chill out because I'm just so busy. It was That's just- That's so fucked up that like COVID <laughs> is like something you look forward to so you yeah. can just like, just So I can just relax and just, just be with my dog, you know, because I don't get to spend too much time with him. So um, it got progressively worse. And then for some reason, I it got okay. And then I on the Saturday and Sunday, I felt okay. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go to- go back to work because it's been over like a week and a half I'm like i'm gonna go back to work and then around like 12 midnight i couldn't breathe my my um i started coughing up blood i was getting hypoxia where your lungs fill up with blood and water and um it got so progressively bad like i didn't even have time to call the ambulance i had to rush to the hospital like you drove yourself i drove myself and, and while i was on the <clears throat> truck i was like coughing up blood and i couldn't tell that it was getting worse and worse and worse so by the time i got to the hospital my oxygen absorption rate was at below 82 and anything below 96 you're dying so i was dying i was basically dying and there was a point where i was asking the doctor like in between breaths if i was going to survive and he said i don't know we don't know yet and it was just one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me and it, it a lot of the reason why i sleep apnea was the main cause of it you know, and I just wasn't, I have had a CPAP for a long time. I just wasn't paying attention to it, you know? And the doctor, he told me that people who have sleep apnea are 140% more likely to get heart failure. And I had no idea. I didn't know. Had I known then, I would have taken care of it a lot more. But By like wearing your CPAP. So CPAP basically, every day, and, yeah. what, and why that is, is because a CPAP machine causes <clears throat> or forces oxygen to get into your right. body, right? Yeah. And so basically when you're sleeping at night, your brain and heart and lungs are not getting oxygen. It also affects your, your rhythm of your heartbeat a lot. And that's the main problem is when you're gasping for every night, it fucks your heart rate up, your heartbeat. For sure. So that, yeah, it was a scary time, but something that helped change my life in a positive way, you know? And then like four months later, I ended up hiking Mount Everest, which is crazy. That but, is nuts. And I think doing Mount Everest helped a lot. I haven't had any issues since. I use my CPAP every day. Um, it, it's, I, I have a cardiologist and she says that I'm completely fine now you know so i'm, I'm doing okay weren't but you how long were you in the hospital for a w over a week like yeah, yeah that was so scary like i just remember texting you and like you weren't responding and i was like what like i just knew there was something that was wrong and i didn't, honestly i didn't want anyone to see me in that state you know it was just tough and then uh, originally they thought i had still had covid so they weren't letting anybody come in to see me um it was tough it was hard but I got through it and um, it's it made me realize how amazing life is and it made me realize like I need to work on certain things. I'm not as healthy as I think I am, you know? Um, and it made me help other a lot of my other friends go get their hearts checked and they found out they had issues that they didn't know about and they were extremely healthy too. So it was just like an eye-opening experience for a lot of people. Um, yeah, it sucks going through something like <clears throat> either like a near-death experience on you know for yourself, which is obviously traumatic or like grief if some if you are close to someone who passes away and it's like an unfortunate way that you're able to help people but right. like but unfortunately that's you know you kind of 
people that can't relate you're the you're all they've got and so like that is a positive so yeah um one of my friends he just had his name's will he was going through heart failure at the same time it was weird but he had it way worse he had to get surgery he had to wear this monitor to monitor him and he's got kids and um it was really bad for him he he was on the brink for sure but even he he's recovering so we're kind of like you know share that experience together and um and so now scary, you guys man. both need to get whoop straps yeah i'm i so i had my old whoop strap and i'm considering putting it on again now because i need to see what my recovery is like with the cpap i'm kind of interested to see that but uh i kind of put it down because i was just i felt so defeated because every day it was like 13 minutes. and you know i felt i felt like my recovery was shit too it's a lot better now just based on my performance in the gym I you know better. look better yeah <laughs> like it's like your it's like your face it's not you're always like jacked yeah it's the, i'm telling you sleep is important it's super important totally and, and it's something i just never thought of like i never took naps before and naps are super important I, I wish think, I could nap. I think it's one of the secrets of longevity. Naps, Just, right. Like taking a little siesta. Yeah. We cold, should bring that into the American culture. <laughs> and cold plunge too. Are there any other fads that you think are like just ridiculous in the fitness industry that we should oh, cover? Yeah, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Um, let's go over, you know, the skinny tees are really silly. Um, group fitness is just a maintenance really. So people who just go to do group fitness, you know, um, it's kind of tough to get your body to look the way you want it to look. It's just like weight loss stuff. Um, there's a lot of weird, silly fads. Well, I actually talk about that. So like, I feel like with strength training, and I guess I could probably put myself into this bucket too, because like I went to train with you because I saw you doing, and I'm, and I'm not afraid of weight. And like, I know that you know that I can like lift a lot. A lot um, yeah. And so I think what happens is a lot of women who are like killing themselves doing these like cardio group fitness classes, trying to make themselves like skinny. But what they don't realize is like by incorporating strength training into your workouts right. that you, you burn more fat that way. So can you, you can be way more this scientific is, than me. But uh, this is why I think Omalta's group fitness classes are so amazing because we have access to the whole gym. So you'll have like a group of like 15 to 20 people and we can do whatever we want in there. Whereas some of these studios, these group fitness classes, you're kind of limited to like maybe just a reformer or, you know, you just have a kettlebell and like, you know, tension bands and stuff like that. But in Omolta, you have, you can, you have a lot of access to different compound lifts and stuff like that. And the reason why you're able to stay in, in such good shape is because you're strong, you know? And so, yeah, like how much do genetics play a part in that stuff? I think like I want to oh, like go from the basics like the same things minimal. that everybody really yes I felt like genetics like have it, a lot to do with it so my legs were tiny back in the day because no I was, fucking I swear to way. God so we need to I, see your before and afters so after I got out of college I was running a lot and I was rock climbing a lot and I dated a girl who was pescatarian for some dumb reason I started becoming pescatarian even though I don't even like eating fish <laughs> So, you so also I, cut your mullet off for a girl, so I won't. I won't I, hear this nonsense. So I, I know I cut my mullet off for Everest. Oh, did you? Yeah, I thought I, it was for a girl. No, or maybe you no, said no. you were going to. I was, just and a I was joke. like, never. Don't you fucking. Anyway. <laughs> no, that was a joke. So, I, where were we? Where were we? Uh, we were talking about like I just we were talking about strength oh, training, genetics. So my legs used to be tiny. Uh, I got down to like one sixty, one sixty eight. 
And my, uh, if you had known me back then, my legs were super, super small, what? like very small. Yeah. Cause I stopped strength training altogether. And I was just rock climbing and I was barely eating anything cause I don't like fish and I was a pescatarian. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was just constantly in a calorie deficit and I just got super tiny, like really, really tiny. And then when I started playing rugby again, I was like, I started playing as a wing, which is demoralizing cause wing is like, I don't know. It's like what beginners play. And and I just hated it. So I started beefing up and eating and getting back into shape and, and, and lifting. And now you're a what? You told me. A what? what? The a position. Oh, a flanker. A Why flanker. do they call that bar a flanker? I don't know. I got to ask John Christie. It's kind of a term you use in football. Yeah, right. It's a sports bar. That makes sense. Okay. But not a lot of people use that word in football, a flanker. Maybe he's a rugby fan. Who knows? Maybe. That's cool. Okay. So. Um, genetics. So. It, you can reverse genetics like you through uh, a lot of conditioning a lot of repetition a lot of training like you're not predisposed to your genetic makeup like ev but even if your parents are super fat like you you can train hard enough to run away from your genetic predisposition yeah i agree with that but like i do feel like wouldn't you say if you're like athletic that you are more predisposed if your parents were athletic to like oh, have yeah. better like muscle i don't know definition placement yeah but when you hear uh like a kid who grows up as an athlete you know and his parents are athletic you know there's no like placing blame on him to change you know he's like fortunate enough to be an athlete but the thing that i hear a lot is when you are come from a half like a heavy family you know and then you're heavy yourself your your big excuse is like oh i come from a heavy family right it's like well i mean you can reverse that you just gotta train hard you can do it i i've seen I had the biggest transformation I ever saw was this guy, KK. He lost 160 pounds in six months. Jesus. And the way he did it is he did one day of eating and one day off. So he did one day on, one day off. So fasting. And we can get into fasting. Yeah. If how you do you want. feel about I feel like fasting is uh, also could fasting. be considered a fad. Well, it's everyone does it. When you fall asleep, you fast. You know, oh, that's, that's true. why they call it breakfast. So it, it everyone does it. All it is is just calorie reduction. If you're not eating at a certain amount of time, it's you just have a window of time when you're eating. So it's it's basic math. It's just calorie restriction. I thought it was also like doesn't it have to do with like your gut microbiome too, and just giving your body like a a break from digestion because isn't digestion one of the hardest things your body goes through? I was through? just talking uh, to Liz. Shout out to Liz Steers. She's a Pilates instructor at True Fusion. She's amazing. But we were just talking about this that. She had a trainer. I don't want to name his name because I think he failed miserably with her. But cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I won't say his name. Okay. But he had her taking a shit ton of supplements. Like she had to wake up an hour early just to take all these supplements that he told her to take. She spent all of her day, like her entire ki like kidneys worth of a day, just trying to digest. And at a certain point, I think it can be detrimental, you know, I think, uh, the less is better for that. So what are like three supplements that you feel like you take every day that other people should take? Um, so a lot of, a lot of vitamins and nutrients you can get from your food. Right. So I think that's but the biggest mistake people make is like, if they don't, they need to get vitamin C and vitamin D and like all this stuff through supplements. No, get all that from your food, get it from the Vegetables. sun. That's super important. Um, if you're eating the right foods, you don't have to take a lot of this stuff. I love taking liver pills. Um, I, it's basically like organ meat that's desiccated. 
I like liver pills, and since my heart failure, I've been taking heart pills, which is basically bovine heart, desiccated bovine heart pills. So which I is take cow those heart. for person. Yes, cow bovine's heart. a cow. Bovine, <laughs> yeehaw! <laughs> but uh, what both about of our like, families are from Texas? So yeah, that's another. I that's that's a digression. Yeah, well, when the if we start drinking, sometimes it comes out. <laughs> um, and but what about fish oil? Like I take fish oil every day because I heard that like that's it's very good for your heart, and that's like a non-negotiable. Like, you're supposed to take fish oil. I, think, I thought you fucking told me that. Fish is good. I mean, a lot. A big reason why people take certain supplements is because they're responding to something that's wrong with their body. Mm-hmm. You know, but if you're eating an adequate amount of good food, nutrient dense foods, I don't think you really need all that stuff. How much protein do you think that people should be consuming on a daily basis? So um, they just did a study on this, and in order to maintain, it's you you take your body weight in kilos. So whatever your body weight is divided by 2.2, right? And then you time that by 1.6, and that's how you get it. So we can do yours right yeah. now if you want. Okay, good. 130 okay. pounds. 130 pounds divided by 2.2 times 1.6. So you need 94 grams of protein a day to maintain the muscle mass that you have currently. I exceed that. You exceed that. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. With that, that app, that my macro tracker app. Okay. G plans. Let's see. Um, Let's see how many. A lot of people say uh, one gram per pound. So if you weigh one thirty, it's one hundred thirty grams of protein. That's to build muscle. Let me see what I t- what I did yesterday. Yesterday I had ninety three grams of protein. So, so you're wait, just is under. that what you said? Yeah, huh? uh, you're just under. Yours is ninety four, I believe. Oh, you yeah. said one one thirty. But then the day before that, I did one hundred and five grams. And the day before that, I did 138 grams. Yeah, that's good. You know? Well, tra- I can't progress be, is never linear, you know? Right, but I can't be, like, ruining what you build <laughs> in the gym. Well, it's losing muscle, that's tough. That's a whole other argument, too, about this. This is why these, these uh, group fitness classes are tough. Because, like, you get a heated class, like a heated Pilates class. And you're... You're spending the whole class just doing athletic conditioning and you're not doing any strength training and you're putting yourself in a horrible environment where you can't even perform optimally. You're sweating, you're hot, you're getting out of breath super fast and it just, it, it goes against everything that's positive about strength training. It's literally just, you are burning calories and you are sweating and it's, it's just weight, cardio. Right? It's basically just cardio. So it, then talk about, because I feel like that is a fad too. And like, first of all, the, huge fad. the only reason I don't, well, there's not, there's a few. I think I've always felt like the same way that like, I don't like extremes. I don't want to do a fucking cold plunge and I don't want to do a hot Pilates class. Yeah. I don't like extremes like in life or in general, but especially during a workout. So like one time I told my girlfriend, Rebecca, I was like, uh, she asked me to go to True Fusion and I was like, yeah, but I don't want to do a hot Pilates class. Mm. So I show up and like walk into a room because I don't know what like workout class she's booked me. It's the first time I've been there and the room is like 70 something degrees. <laughs> and I'm like looking at her and I was like, I said, I didn't want to do a hot Pilates class. She's like, it's hot yoga. I'm like, Fuck. oh my God. <laughs> I dude. meant temperature. Like, and dude. hot yoga is just as hard. Uh, maybe it's even horrible. harder. And there's like people, sw- their like sweat is just dripping. Like this guy like flung his sweat. I swear to God, like yeah. I felt it hit my my body. Like it's disgusting. Well, the thing with those classes, if you're just trying to lose weight, that's great, right? That's great. But if you are trying to shape your body, and the word toned gets used a lot in this industry and it's just kind of a I don't know it's kind of a loaded word for us because 
getting tone really it means getting a recomp or performing a recomp on your body which is where you gain muscle and lose, lose fat. fat and mm-hmm. that's what all women want to do i want to grow my ass and i want my belly to go away and that's called a recomp and that is extremely hard if you have already started training in fact most studies show that it's kind of impossible unless you're just starting out when you're just starting out you can get a recomp recomps are typical for people who are just lifting but you have to have it so what if you like got fat on purpose to like recomp your body so that's form of reverse diet so a lot of what i like to do is i like to get girls either and it depends on what their goals are like say for instance you have a 110 pound petite girl right and she's 39 percent fat Wait, 39 does she, she have weighs a bbl or does she not have a bbl <laughs> she doesn't have a bbl but she's 110 pounds get this because i see this a lot she's 110 pounds but she's 39 percent body fat so what i'll have her what? do is i'll have her eat more i'll right. have her consume about five meals a day four to five meals a day make sure that she's she has to hit her maintenance calories absolutely has to and then i have her in a calorie surplus and the point is for her to gain muscle because the reason why she has so much body fat because she has dick for muscle she's got no muscle at all could we get a rephrase on that please (laughs) (laughs) the visualization i just got was like not appropriate (laughs) well a dick doesn't have muscle in it that's why i said okay got it got it got it and most women, if you ask them, you. most women, if you ask them if a dick has muscle in it, they're like, yeah, and a bone. That's why they call it a boner. <laughs> it's funny that most women don't even know what a penis is. God bless them. That means they've probably never seen a flaccid dick before. It's just skin. It fills up with muscle. Um, anyway, um, fuck blood. my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said dick for muscle. All right. So as what you were saying was you make them have a calorie surplus so that they can gain muscle. Gaining muscle is the ultimate objective. And then they'll start leaning out and then their glutes will get bigger, you know. And then but if I have somebody that's like, say, a woman that she's like 200 pounds, you know, and she's smaller, but she's got a little bit more muscle. I'll probably put her in a calorie deficit, you know, not a crazy one. See, this is where people get fucked up. It's like they'll they'll have like a thousand calorie deficit every day. You know, they'll do it for like three weeks and be like, fuck this. The thing that I get asked is, and I guess I'm like, I'm interested in your feedback. So I guess I could probably formulate an answer to this, but I Uh feel like as my trainer, you might be able to answer it better. People say, how do you go out and eat like you do? Like when I go to like my Mm -hmm. clients for restaurants and still look like how you look. Cause you have muscle. Right. Yeah you have muscle and but do you think that is from like me being an athlete from when i was younger of course right yeah yeah you, you have to understand you have to be in a calorie surplus you know to make a muscle so you need to eat food um it all obviously if you eat shitty food you're gonna put on some fat you know but having muscle allows you to eat more food you can eat a lot more food when you have a lot more how muscle. many calories you consume a day as i'm like staring so I at your just muscles did this this is crazy i just did my it's called total daily energy expenditure and you have to understand i work out maybe a couple times a day i have rugby practice um throughout the week i have rugby i have a rugby game tomorrow in arizona and rugby games are fucking taxing and um, I'm the captain of the team and I hardly ever come out. So I'm, I play a full 80 minutes and I'm considered kind of like a bruiser on the team. So I do a lot of rucking. I do a lot of tackling. And now that we have one of our main 
um, forwards is out, I'm going to have to do a lot of running for this game. So I'll probably... I would not ever want to be tackled, like, in general, but definitely I would not want to be tackled by you. Yeah, I don't want to be tackled <laughs> at all, ever, but uh, it would happens. be very scary coming at someone, like, full force. Um, so... Th- 80 minutes of rugby is probably around like 2,000 calories maybe I've, I run, I've, I've clocked in at like 8 miles of running once um, on one day of like playing rugby so it's just a lot it's a lot so I did my TDE and I think it's around like 3,700 I think it's at 3,700 calories so I have to eat more than 3,700 or no 39 it was 3,900 calories I have to eat more than 3,900 calories a day to gain muscle Jesus. Yeah. So you're just constantly eating. Constantly eating seven, six to seven meals a day. I spend about four hundred dollars a week on food. Wait. So and then you did answer how much protein everyone should have. It's like yeah, about a gram, a gram per pound. I think is good enough. That seems to be the toughest thing for women to do is to eat protein. But I get this all the time. So what other sources do protein come from? Because I feel like most people when they think about protein, they think about cows. They think about meat. That that seems like protein. You know, the thing that's crazy is um, ground beef, they're finding, is super beneficial to people. Mm-hmm. That it's loaded with nutrients because when the butcher takes the cow, it, it puts together all the like scraps to make ground beef. So it's like tendon and ligament and like all that stuff. And they're more nutrient dense than, say, like top sirloin or, you know, different parts of the cow. So hmm. beef is extremely nutrient beneficial to human beings. Like, on a level that far exceeds any plant, any fruit, any vegetable. And that's hard for people to come to terms with because of the eco footprint of meat in the world. But it's true. And um, beef is just one of them. Um, obviously, fish is really healthy because it's so lean. Uh, and chicken. Chicken is really lean. Um, the th- problem with beef is you get a lot of extra fat with it, you know, so you have to be conscious of how much fat you're eating because fat is nine calories per gram. So you're, if you're eating fat, you're eating a lot more calories. And then I, I think another thing that women do is they want to stay away from carbs. So can you talk about like, because I think when people think about carbs, they think bread, but that's not really true. I think true. the biggest reason why people stay away from carbs is because of the bodybuilding industry and like the bikini, like these, the, the, look, what they have to do to their bodies is not natural, not normal. They have to cut all their carbs out of their body, you know, for these shows. So when people think of like a beautiful body, they think of like these bikini, you know, these bikini competitors. But in order for them to get down to that, they have to like cut the carbs out for like two, three weeks, maybe a month. I know Ian didn't eat carbs for like a whole month like not even like sweet potatoes or oats or anything no he was just eating fish and um asparagus what do you think about that when people like so let's talk about fitness influencers okay and people that like do that like is that carb cycling or like is that even healthy because i feel like they're doing it it's like i mean i guess everyone's going to be different and the reasons why they're doing stuff is different but i think when they're posting it on the internet and doing it as an example like look what you can do to like um uh manipulate your body into like looking like this is that healthy um so we're still talking about carbs right a little certain extent so we're talking about how fitness influencers are like um moving the like ketosis fad forward is that what we're talking yeah, about yeah like these perfect like bodies where they or they're doing it for like bikini competitions and no it's it's not healthy and if you ask most most people who have competed it is 
extremely hard on the body and the brain like it is not only is it mentally straining but it's it's not healthy to deprive yourself and here's another problem so i had this client she just wasn't paying attention to her diet like i wanted her to and i told her like you're gonna have to crash diet in order to even be eligible or be like comfortable being on stage that means you're gonna have to cut out all of your food and like drop all the calories and like you're gonna be fucking miserable like weeks leading up to this if you don't you know concentrate on your diet like months in advance and she didn't she she didn't listen to me at all so she had to do the fucking crazy crash diet and it look it worked but she was fucking miserable and now fast forward to now she's gained a lot of weight you know and i think that that show fucked her i think it fucked her up i think it fucked her head up i think it fucked like with her i mean just her ability to stay on a diet and um as she could tell you i think it's had profound effects on how she looks now just this one just one show imagine doing like fucking 20 well, there's shows there's a fitness um influencer that's in what is it ib something the bikini competition and literally just the other day i went and like looked at her page because she like her body's like banging right mm. well she like wasn't on social media for like six months and then she posted this post that was like um I she gained weight so she just looked normal and she got into this really deep state of depression because like you're doing that stuff for the likes it's like yeah you can manipulate your body to look like that but then like you said you're just going to go back to like a normal state um and then not feel like you're getting as much attention or that you look as good as she's a sweet girl it's, she's she's definitely struggling to get the weight back off you know yeah. and, and it's not i don't think it's her workouts or anything it's like a mental thing i don't think she's able to break that barrier and get back into the training so when i was in college my like get me through college job was i worked at matt cosmetics and so like there's a very select few people that i did pr with when i first moved here that like knew that i was a makeup artist and so one of them was a girl that was doing a bikini competition so she asked me to do her and one of her like fellow athletes like makeup for this bikini competition which i don't like doing but she was a homie so i i did it and i like went to whatever like the orleans i think it was at so i'm in the hotel room doing their makeup and i know this girl you've trained her before i'm not going to say her name and she is a very intelligent like level-headed person all the time and when I'm doing her makeup, she first of all started falling asleep when I was doing her makeup. Oh no. And, but it was like, she wasn't, she was like passing out. Like her blood sugar was so low because she wasn't eating. And they make you, um, there's some sort of like, it's not a supplement, isn't it like a powder and it pulls all the, it dehydrates you yeah, so yeah, that you look them. more cut on stage. Right. So like, then when she kind of like wake comes back to, I'm like, cause I'm this close from her face. I'm like, hey, are you okay? And she's like, you know, it sounds really good right now. And she's like kind of in and out. He yep. said a fig Newton. A fig Newton. Yeah. Fig she, just, delicious. she just wanted a fig Newton. They're delicious. But it's because she like probably didn't have any. And I'm like, did you have you eaten today? And she's like, I was able to have like a half tablespoon of peanut butter or something. It's like, so I'm like, also this look is at fucking all these insane. Like this could be considered a, how is this not? See, this is where this I have to be careful, but I have, see. I have to say it. How is that not body dysmorphia? It is. It okay. is fucking body I'm like, dysmorphia. This is just, but, and then people Everybody are, has a smidge of body dysmorphia. Totally, Everybody but people does. are following them and looking up to them, and it's like, but those what you're people doing aren't is, even real. Look at this guy. Right. Is, I'm going to shout him out. He's Goob, Goob 2.0. Fucking so he, Goob. Dude, this guy is awesome. So he, he basically calls out 
everybody who photoshops their photos and these women it was like the kardashian i think it's kim kardashian he does I, one of the kardashians and he basically calls them out and he'll he knows how to identify how they're photoshopping their photos and i think his point is he's basically exploiting these people that are reaping the benefits off the fitness industry but they're showing someone that's not them like it's what about when okay for instance when people get like breast implants well that's not like i know a peck is a muscle but you're not getting a breast implant to like make it look like you have bigger muscles it's like you want to feel more feminine yeah i think that fitness influencers who make money off of fitness and have bbls or ass implants or whatever it is they have to, i feel like they should be required to put a disclaimer that they have had that surgery because it is not attainable yeah to, and and literally the majority of people don't know that you can get like your own fat injected from other parts of your body and have it injected into your ass you don't even see an implant like it's that's not fucking fair. No, and look, I don't have any problem. I have clients who have BBOs, and they're I love them to death. They're they're amazing people. Um, they're like sisters to me. I mean, and I would never. There's nothing to be said about someone's personality. It's yeah, just, I would never criticize somebody for it's their body. Like I have tattoos. Right. I I work out. I lift weights. That's a form of like body, you know, um, manipulation. Yeah. Or, yeah. Totally. So good comparison. I'm not judging anybody here, but maybe there is like a point to what you're saying. Like maybe, especially like these young girls who are watching these influencers maybe there should be a disclaimer you know and be like hey i didn't get this the old-fashioned way i bought it but you know I, I don't know that's a that's an interesting point i mean just for instance like it, i have a um, beauty highlight reel like or people are like what makeup do you use i'm like this is not makeup this is neurotoxins that i get injected <laughs> into my face <laughs> that's tight because, because i do feel like i have a moral and social responsibility to let people know that like if yeah. i didn't get this i probably would look my age like th these days everyone's gonna walk and look like a vampire yeah, you look like me <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna well you guys can grow facial hair and like men get don't even get me started men get more attractive when they age like well, here's, it makes here's them look the more hot mature when issue. they have like here's the hot button issue how much money do you spend i fucking hate you i'll on, do it i don't uh, care okay on your looks your nails yeah. your eyebrows your eyelashes uh -huh. your tan yeah. your hair mm -hmm. Your do you other want me to stuff? really add want, it up? Yeah, you might be so, here for a second. I wanna, but I can I just rattle, I'll rattle them off really quick. Okay, okay. So my eyelashes are $70 every three weeks. Oh my God. <laughs> well, okay, okay. And my nails are $60 every three weeks. Are these like top of the line? I know you. So I'm like, I'm assuming you're going to like the best person in town. I mean, it's just people that I've like, you know, I've cultivated a good relationship with and no, I know okay. they do good, good work, but I don't think that, yeah, I'm not going to go to somebody just because they're be expensive. Like $200. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Emerald, cover your ears. Um, and what else did you say my hair my hair like i only get like colored in um extensions and and by the way like i think that the universe served me with a case of alopecia areata which is stress-induced hair loss because i used to like my hair was my thing like i a lot of my identity was tied to my hair and i would like kind of talk down on girls that had extensions like if i was talking to guys you know i'm mm -hmm. like Ew, how do you even like run your fingers through their hair i was a total bitch about like people who had fake hair and then i got diagnosed with alopecia areata stress-induced hair loss and my hair is literally falling out of my head it's like i am welcome to manhood <laughs> <laughs> for real but i mean it because our femininity is tied to like our hair a lot of times so literally i 
was devastated. It affected my mental health for a long time. And finally, I was just like, I am going to have to get extensions. Okay. And so you bring up a good point. Yeah. How unfair is it for bald men? You can okay. get hair plugs. So I women recommend can, women can put wigs on. They can, can get, get extensions. One man gets a wig. He's like, who the fuck is you this guy? Get plugs. him out of here. Listen, we also represent a med spa. You can do PRP injections where they like spin and then it helps your scalp grow like there's i mean i feel for men that have like male pattern dude, baldness. and they're ostracized from the community like if you mm. see a guy with a wig you're like dude Not i don't a like wig. that guy i mean i'm just saying that well no one needs a wig there's just there's hot bald men though yeah you but know? they're very self-conscious about their hair okay like, so very. where was i my injections <laughs> Uh, okay, my, so you got and now here we go with the really expensive shit. Okay, Botox every three months. I think it's like four hundred and fifty, five hundred bucks. Holy shit! Every three months, and and that's not even a lot. Like I don't get a ton of Botox. It's just an expensive thing. Mm -hmm. um, fillers. I'm actually. I haven't talked about this publicly, but I'm going to get my, my my lip filler dissolved. Would I notice a difference? Yes, I would. You will. Have you ever heard of the acronym DSL? Yeah, dick sucking lips. <laughs> Is that what you want? <laughs> no, oh, okay. but, but I just feel like I've looked at myself and I'm starting to not look like myself. And and if I had to take one thing off the table for what really made the biggest difference, it was my lips. And like, I just want to reset. I've been doing them for like five years and I just want to you know see. You funny, Meg, if you, if you thought of yourself the way I look at you. Don't make me fucking cry on this podcast. <laughs> you would not do all this stuff. I know, and I think you're right, and I think that like being in Vegas has made those things okay. So when I'm traveling to other countries, yeah. no one looks like this, you know. And I'm like, this is also a form of body dysmorphia. Yeah. I'm not just calling people out who like get BBLs or like you know manipulate their body with like extreme diets. Like definitely injecting yourself to to you know make yourself feel more confident, which everyone should do whatever they want but i do want to just re i need for my own personal sanity right, right. to reset myself so that's one of the things that i'm going to do right and look there's nothing wrong with any of this and i'm not trying to i'm not pointing any judgment on that it's just to prove a point you know like we all have uh, a form of body dysmorphia we all some of us struggle with it more than others you know and i would say the people who are the most beautiful probably struggle with it more than people think that's right that's a lot right. more than people think you know do you have body dysmorphia um i i go through weeks where i don't look at myself in the mirror sometimes because i'm so busy i don't i really don't and uh the only problem i have right now is i'm i was th for three years i was under five percent body fat and then i had my heart failure and then um i was i was taking some trt at the time and then my cardio just told me to take off of it so um my What's body that? is What's uh, testosterone replacement therapy uh, you can have some of my testosterone i've never been crazy about anabolics like i've always just been the bare minimum uh i've done the bare minimum um but my cardiologist really wanted me to get off of them so i did and so my body doesn't look exactly like it used to um and i'm also in in season right now in rugby so i have to have to hold on to some more water um or i get injured really easy um, i remember playing rugby at four percent body fat and just getting injured so much 
because I just didn't have um, excess water and excess weight on me. So I'm a lot healthier playing rugby when I'm I'm a little bit fatter, you know. Like, and I'm talking. Don't say fatter, like. But I'm, that's I'm that's, being literal. It, I'm being yeah, literal. literal. From four percent to ten percent is, is a big difference for me. So maybe I'm a little bit more conscious of it, you know. But um, not as much. I don't have body dysmorphia, not as much as most people because I'm just so active. And that's something that people need to understand. If they're not happy with the way their body looks, they need to move it. They need to move their body more. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Just walk. Just walk every day. And that's the biggest thing that I've been trying to teach my clients recently is um, don't have to do a crazy amount of work. You know, Just do a little bit more every day. That's like 1% more every day. So I start them off with 20 minutes of walking. Like if I have a really heavy client, you know, I love heavy clients. Like, and I mean heavy respectfully and no disrespect to anybody, but some people let themselves go and that's, it can happen for a myriad of reasons, you know, like family members die or, you know, they, uh, I don't know, they work too much or maybe yeah, some, like li- have a lot like of Yeah, like literal life, just reality things life that happen to everyone. And then people get heavy and I'm being objective. Like if you're overweight, you're fucking overweight. It's okay. Like there's a lot of people overweight. But if you come to me and you try to change it, the first thing I ask you to do is just walk 20 minutes on Monday and then on Tuesday walk 22 minutes and or 21, then 23, then 24. Like every day just add a fucking minute, just mm-hmm. one minute. And that tends to work. It gets people moving, you know? Um, just having them do the bare minimum and doing a little bit better every day typically works because over time they'll be working a shit ton and just dropping a ton of weight Um, and it works it really does work yeah when I can't come to the gym to see you I do my 30 minute like P90X3 exercises and then I walk Xena for 30 minutes so I just make sure I'm always moving an hour every single day even if it's like our sunday hike days and it's just like active rest and recovery um the walking is also probably what's helping you out a lot it's the walking xena well you know what really helped me out was remember okay and this is like i do want to talk about this when i was training with you and i'm like i am i feel like i'm lifting too heavy because i'm gaining weight remember how upset i was getting Mm -hmm. i don't even know if i told you this I went and got my blood work mm-hmm. and you did tell me this. She was like at evolve whole health and fitness. Mm-hmm. They're great. And she's like, um, how long have you been taking this spironolactone? And it's like, it's a hormone. What it is, is a prescription strength water pill, but it's used to balance testosterone levels. Cause I have high testosterone. Go fucking figure. Mm-hmm. And she's like, let me just, just see what happens when you get off of that. And so like, I think I stopped taking it for two months and I just dropped like 15 pounds, oh, which shit. is I'm five foot two. And so like, that's a lot. So your for body me. was just basically, I guess I was, I weighed 145 when I was complaining. And remember I was so frustrated. I was like, I don't eat like shit. I'm eating healthy. Like I'm getting enough calories. Like you and I were trying to break this down and I'm like, it's gotta be the weight training. I was blaming, blaming everything on the weight training. And it wasn't, it was like this. It, it was I was diagnosed with alopecia areata and so that's why I was taking that because testosterone can make you lose right, your hair. Right. So when my but hair your was hair falling looks pretty like well, then you I, can't even I had notice extensions. It. Oh, no. okay. I thought about getting extensions in my mullet. I really <laughs> I'm did. Still really upset that you cut your mullet. Yeah, it's like 50-50 right now. What is your max uh, back squat and like just do some stats for the people? See, this is tough because in season I can't. I have to do maintenance lifting, so my strength training just goes to shit. What's which your like sucks. PR? Say your PRs. 
Um, I've done, I think it was 635, 635, somewhere around there. I think at the time I could have done, back squat. I think at the time I could have done 655, but in the grand scheme of things, this is not a lot. It's not, I mean, there's, there are people who are lifting absurd amount of weight out there. You know, um, I don't think I'm, I lift a crazy amount. Um, my, my deadlift has suffered a lot. I can definitely deadlift over 600 pounds, but, um, <laughs> I just think it, it sucks playing rugby in season because if if I do a lot of strength training, then I get injured. I get injured really easy. So right now, I just all the the highest I'll get up to, I got up to like five thirty five. Um, recently, that was about it. I can't do much more than that. And I mean, then, that's a lot. That is a lot. It's not compared compared to a lot of. Who other are people. you comparing it to? Powerlifters <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. Oh my god, you absolute psycho! I do have to ask um, because the one of the we've covered most of the like ask the audience questions I posted. But what is your favorite protein powder? So I love this protein called the Whole Beast. Um, it's a nose to tail protein it's called from this company, the fittest ever. Um, they're amazing, and it's it's basically like desiccated organ meat. Um, like uh, heart, pancreas, spleen, um, beef, protein. It sounds gross, but it's <laughs> extremely healthy for you. It's extremely nutrient dense. Um, the macros on it are amazing. There's no sugar in it. Um, yeah, it's called the fittest ever whole beast. It's it's really good. And it tastes, the chocolate flavor is amazing. It's really good. Okay, next one. Um, when you've dated women, we're doing a segue. Do you find that jealousy is an issue since you train like mostly like females and a lot of hot females? It depends on the girl, you know, um, like, I guess I can talk about this. I dated Amber recently and, and I don't, she didn't have a problem with it, but she's also like on OnlyFans and stuff too. So if she would have had a problem with it and I'd be kind of like a, what's the word? Like hypocritical. hypocritical. Yeah. So what do you do if someone has a problem with that? Just don't bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't talk uh, about I it. I like how you're talking. Uh, my, you my can't ex, help it you because you post everything. And so like... My ex had an issue with it, you know, and we just never talked about it. She got extremely insecure about you a lot. What? If I just ever brought your name up or any girl's name up or even a gay guy's name up, it would just create this atmosphere of like okay i'm just gonna change the subject let's change the subject let's talk about something but else really that's quick. called being avoidant and that's a totally different it doesn't like work. I'm no gonna, we're I'm not gonna, together anymore i'm gonna so. stick jamie on your ass and have her talk to you about how being avoidant oh, in a relationship is not good she has the best little gems like and she'll put me in my place sometimes like, yeah she, she, so seth trains a she's beautiful but she, i mean she's a she's an influencer and uh and she's also a therapist so mm -hmm. i call like psychologist yeah. psychiatrist um yeah. but anyway so she's amazing she's actually sure her foot's injured right now she's i think she's gonna come back next week um liam's doing a show so he wants to come squat but i love these are the two. people that like seth trains and then mm -hmm. also her boyfriend is in thunder from down under mm -hmm. so he's and they're both they're like the hottest couple alive. liam is the best liam is this giant teddy bear and you would never expect him to be super sensitive and just like i don't know he's a great guy he's a great guy yeah. i love liam you definitely have a wide breadth of clientele. So yeah, that's a question I thought I was going to get asked because um, I just looked at it. I have 122 clients I see on a weekly basis. Jesus. And I, a total is around, so some clients I don't see every week. Sometimes I don't see them every month. You know, that's around like 160, 68 clients. Um, and some weeks are harder than others. And you know, 
I have a group of private clients that I see regularly. And then I have a group of people that I see at the same hour every day. And then some people I just see casually once in a while like you're super busy you know you can't come in all the time but i also am disciplined on my own like i think right. it depends on people's like skill yeah, I mean, set. let's be honest meg you don't you don't need a trainer you don't you're disciplined no enough. but i love you and that's why i want to oh. come in and work out oh. <laughs> no but for i can't like i wouldn't even know that i was capable of like back squatting as much as i can back squat unless you because what do you it's not um there's um, there's things you say time under tension which is like where you go down slow mm -hmm. and like fast <clears throat> but what is it when you stack weight? Progressive, progressive overloading. Yeah. Like I wouldn't know that I'm capable of back squatting 300 pounds if I didn't have a trainer. So like to me, there is like the athletic, the athlete in me like appreciates that part of it. Otherwise I just keep doing my P90X cardio stuff and I wouldn't be building muscle. You know, and I had a coach. I, I still think considering him my coach, his name's Landon Castroverde. Um, he's kind of the black sheep in the Castroverde family. I don't know if you guys know the Castroverde family. They're they a bunch of lawyers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, commercial. he's the one guy in his family that's like, no, I'm going to be a trainer. I don't want to be an attorney. And uh, he kills it at it. He's so good at it. He's one of my favorite people. I love Landon. If you're listening, Landon, I love you. Um, <laughs> he's my strength coach, and he's taught me a lot of stuff, and he's younger than me, you know? That's so cool. He is he has basically helped me identify um, the best ways to get somebody to perform optimally every session, you know? Like, what do you think is the most, like, overall for beneficial? Rugby, for rugby, for me, it's squatting. I think mm -hmm. that's the most trends. Because um, you got to be quick. Like, you got to take off quick. Right? Yeah, and it helps with a lot of stuff in rugby. I think it translates m the most on the field for me tr is, is that. Um, I think a lot of people would say like any hip hinge movement or posterior chain movement, um, back extensions are really important for rugby. Um, just overall speed and strength, uh, you get a lot from, from doing any lower body workout. But po they have a saying, you build the posterior chain, build the athlete, and it's really true. If you build your glutes, you can get really good at, at any sport. Hmm. And my glutes are... Pretty you got great. some cakes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the guys <laughs> on the team. We do these stretches on the team. Oh, God. It's like full me. moon probably when you <laughs> yeah, have, bend over and touch your toes. <laughs> I haven't bought a new pair of shorts in a while. so. What does that mean? That, like, your, butt, like, <laughs> your butt's growing and your shorts aren't? <laughs> I'm wearing still like larges that I had from seven years ago that are like barely able to fit. I need to get some new shorts. Do you have a favorite... Um, like fitness story or favorite like person that you've that you've trained or like what makes you like want to if you I, train this many people what makes you want to go to the gym and train every day i love alex volkanowski um he's the right now he's the i think he's the featherweight champ of the world the ufc fighter and uh he used to play rugby you know so we had that in common and when we met when i came when he came in to train um he was just such an amazing guy like very infectious like we got along really well and i've just been following his career ever since and like we're i would say we're friends now you know like i see him when he comes into town and uh like getting to train him was like a huge moment in my life i also got to train leon edwards that was really cool and my buddy sammy michelli he kind of set all this up because that's those are his clients but they are and world the champions. <laughs> They're world champion athletes. And just to like be in the same room with them is it's inspiring. And that's that was really cool. And um, I'd say those are like some big moments 
for me. I mean, um, you definitely earned that though, you know, like people I think seek you out because you train people that like that. And then like the results that you have, in, in my opinion, like speak for themselves. And, and the transformations, they're, they're a huge, so this girl, Casey, that I trained, she had been trying to deadlift fucking 200 pounds for over a year and she could not get it and to the, I know. To She's the point really where, strong too. That's dude, like surprising to the point where to like, I couldn't get it. Like even me, I was questioning myself as a coach. I was like, <laughs> I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing. I don't know why she can't get it. And I thought maybe like there was, there might've been a mental barrier that she needed to get through or something, you know, and Casey's, Casey's so strong and she's yeah. such a beautiful girl, but she tried for over a year and a half to hit this weight and she couldn't and she couldn't and she couldn't and she couldn't. And then one day she fucking does it and she is bawling her eyes out <laughs> and it's such a good moment, dude. And I start crying and like, it was just a really big moment, you know, and that those are the moments that I live for, really. I think that's why people like going to you because you sometimes are more excited about things than yeah. like your athletes are yeah. or you're at least celebrating like with them. Like I the video of like me back squatting 300 pounds and like you were literally jumping up and down like a little kid. Yeah, <laughs> it's exciting for me because it's I see that you guys are getting better and better and better at something. And it's like this is why I do this. You know, this is why I don't want to be a CEO for a fucking sports nutrition food company. I don't know if my all the former partners are going to listen to this. I those I love those guys, but it's just it wasn't for me, man, being in an office and. Uh, being a CEO of sales and just like having them breathe down my necks on like, well, we haven't made this much money this year and like we can't like pay you because we're not making enough money. Like it's just fucking stressful, man. Like we can't come to terms with giving you a salary because we're only making a certain amount of money. And like at that time I was just like, fuck. And it, the market was so saturated. I let me explain about this. Um, I was a part of a company called Source One Nutrition, and this is because I started a company back in the day that did really well, and I got out of it, and I started another company with these guys at One NutriShop, um, Brian and Brian, and it, it, I think it did really well until it, like we exhausted all of our resources, and like we had put the the bars, there were protein bars, we put them in the market, and they didn't really succeed as well as we thought they would, so we made cookies, and then they didn't necessarily succeed. So we're just barely hanging by, you know? The only reason I think we were succeeding is because we, we put all of our products in their stores. And um, at the time I was just like, I don't know, like really jaded by the fitness industry and the sports nutrition food industry. And then just going to that office and just like hating what I do. Like, I don't know, I had nothing against those guys. It's, it's their career, but it just wasn't for me. It wasn't. And I, I dreaded being at that place. You well, know? there's also to me now, there's like other ways to quantify your success. Like monetary is like only one way. And when you're in a product business like that, that's basically the only thing that you have to quantify. But now, now that you're like, a fitness trainer you have like people's like results and their attitudes and their right. you know that also quantifies your success I so. thought, you know i thought it's what i wanted because it's such a lucrative thing to be like a young entrepreneur like for a big company like that but it wasn't i was miserable i was you know and i guess training has been so fulfilling you know it's so rewarding to me like i get to do something i i fucking love and i feel like i'm just built for it you know mm -hmm. i enjoy going to work every day even though it's fucking 6 a.m connor you piece of shit I that's love you. who your 6 a.m is <laughs> yeah how do you feel about um training me when i'm on my period <laughs> oh you guys are always on your period 
<laughs> and you guys tell me right when you get there. I'm on my period. No, sometimes I don't. Well, sometimes yeah. I don't tell you, and you find out really quick. Oh, when you're I crying. Feel like, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like yeah. you're the only person who's allowed to be like, "Are you on your period?" Because if it, like someone else who's not training oh, you yeah, says God that, forbid. I'll kill you. But like when you say it, it just makes me cry harder. I'm like, yeah, but that's not why I'm crying. But it is why I'm crying. I've, I've, I always say this to the girls. I say I've gotten really good at perfecting the art of ignoring com- your woman's complaints <laughs> no sometimes we get into it sometimes i feel like and then we have to like take a little breather and sometimes we we'll to. we'll text like we're in a relationship i'm like i'm really sorry for doing that <laughs> and you're like me too i could have handled that better i'm like me too well i think it's because we're super passionate people yeah that's yeah. true and we're both stubborn yeah definitely but i wouldn't change it <laughs> at all i maybe change you a little just kidding no. <laughs> well you want my mullet back <laughs> That is exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> How many people commented on my mullet every time I posted videos of All you? All the time. Really? Are you kidding me? They're like, that guy is so rad. Oh my God, it's mullet. And then of course, like the number one thing, which we also talked about off air, but I'm going to end our, our little segment here with this. I always ask on Instagram, like, what do you want to hear? And I think I was like from the zaddiest trainer in <laughs> Vegas. And there is a bunch of people that were like, have you guys banged yet? Or like, how come you I guys have it so banged? much? I just had a client the other day. She pulled me aside, pulled me aside at the beginning of their workout. And she's like, Hey, I just want to talk to you on something. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and it's a girl that I absolutely adore. I'm not going to name her name, but she was like, she was like, why don't you hook up with Meg? Like you guys would be fucking perfect for each other. I was like, you're like one of 50 of my clients that have asked me this. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why it hasn't happened on paper. <laughs> On paper, I feel like it fucking would work. But is that why? Like, why do people think that? Did they just see, like, two fit people, fit people who yeah. are, like, successful and they're like, you guys should definitely be a thing. <laughs> well, I know something that always happens with you, with guys, is oh, they fuck. get in, insecure about your success. Totally. Right? Every, and then, every, every single yeah, time. And then what ends up happening is, like, you fall out of love with them because their insecurities just blow up and you start seeing them in a different light right yeah I become and they weren't like the flirty like i'm confident guy that you originally totally. met you're right? nailing it right yep so with me it's like uh, i am i already have my career i love what i do and i would i love your career too and it would i'm never i would never be insecure about you being more successful than me or but anything like also that putting somebody a woman in their place that's like more more successful or as successful as you is a very fucking fine line right and i feel like you have in order to establish that respect in the relationship you kind of have to be friends first because otherwise if someone comes at me i'm like who the fuck are you talking to me like that but sometimes like even if we get at it like at each other's throats in the gym i'll be like you know it makes me kind of like step back and think (laughs) i'm like damn i should probably apologize for being a bitch (laughs) which is like not typical my ex-boyfriends are gonna like hear this and be like that's all i wanted her to do (laughs) was apologize for being a bitch i'm like no you don't get it but my trainer does (laughs) well you're self-aware and that's dude that's hard to find in this fucking town i'm so self-aware that it's like keeps me up at night it sucks you know like I just I I'm so aware of like things that I didn't do right or things I could have done better or I don't know like I don't know so what do you mean like what things like the day-to-day things or like uh, things haunting you from your past what do you mean what what things keep you up maybe it's like a little bit of all of that like I think Mm. about things that definitely happen on a day-to-day basis but 
definitely like macro. I'm like, why do I, this is a recurring pattern in my life. And I can't keep saying that like, it's this, it's in my relationship specifically, even with like other people, the way that we're like in, engaging or interacting. Right. Like for instance, I feel like I have to be, it, it is not my like id or my personality to be super flowery and happy and nice to people. I think I am that way once I get to know you, but like at first it's like, it almost like takes a lot of energy out of me or something. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm a very concise person. I'm very direct and to the point, which mm -hmm. like if people don't know me and there is an intimidation factor there, which I'm aware of because I've heard it so much, um, I have to overcompensate and be super nice and almost a way that's not me in order to make other people feel comfortable. So it's a performance. Yeah. And you feel bad about putting on a performance? Yeah, it's annoying. I'm like, why can't I just be myself and don't get your feelings hurt? Like, well, everyone does it. Like, I your appreciate people who are like direct and concise, to be honest. Like, I, I really like get along with people who are like, I think that. It's, once you get older, you start appreciating that more. But when you're younger, you're like, who the fuck is this asshole? And then right. once you get older, you're like, you respect it a lot more. Or if like more. I don't say yes to somebody wanting to hang out, then like I'm labeled as a bitch. I've talked about that you feel before. Bad about it. Yeah. So like, it's, fuck all, that. it's a lot I don't of guilt. Care anymore. I have a lot of guilt that's the kind of stuff that i think about or like well you got to understand when you get older your your group of friends it, it goes down because you're becoming more selfish you know yeah like i love to just be alone fuck yeah <laughs> i love it dude i said remember i i bailed on you and i sent you 200 dollars or something yeah you did and i bought i bought a round of drinks for everyone so thanks for that <laughs> yeah but even like remember on super bowl because i was like sideways from like waste yeah. management I was like, you're, because I, I had to go to sleep. Like that flight was, even though it was like 45 minutes, it was like the. I felt bad. For I was you. awful. Yeah. But when you were like, well, I'm not gonna go to like this party anymore because you're not going. And if you like want company, and I was thinking to myself, if there's one person that I could like be alone with like and still feel like i'm getting some time by myself and yeah, Seth, because yeah. i feel like you would just sit on the other end of the couch and fuck off but we'd yeah. still be like hanging out <laughs> i felt bad i've had dude i've gone to the waste management fucking thing before and i've had never that doing that again feeling. dude it's insane that is another why do people subject that themselves is another, they just drink all fucking day in the you. sun that's like another crazy. example of a time where i felt like because all my girlfriends are like it's so much fun you oh, have yeah. to go and like it's like if if i were to die without have gone to going to waste management i would never think to myself wish i could have gone to waste management Dude. so instead like i gave into that because i felt started to feel guilty because my i'm saying no to my girlfriends it's just not my idea of fun and i just proved it to myself let me explain i mean it's, so, it's named after a fucking trash company totally like, i wake up i wake up the next morning and i'm like it's 10 o'clock in the morning i don't know what happened i don't know where i was and my girlfriend's like next to me in bed and she was like you were so much fun last night <laughs> I was like, oh no, what did I do? And I'm like going through our text messages and one of my girlfriends like sent to the group chat, can someone please come get Megan? She's being a real handful. <laughs> like he so fucked, she fucked Tiger Woods. I said, what did I do? And Jamie goes, for starters, you were arm wrestling everybody who would arm wrestle you at 3.30 in the morning. I can see that. I can see that. I don't. You probably I've never squatted a guy. Yeah, you, I probably was like, just get on my back. Just get on yeah. my back. I can take it. I got it. I got it. Uh, well, I mean, the last time I went, it, dude, I had the same feeling. I'm flying back. I was like miserable. No, I hated it. I can't be hungover. I'm never going back there again. Me neither. I don't think I'm going to go back to Miami again. We should just hang out together next week's management and like work out. 
Um, I like Scottsdale though. So my league, my rugby league, is we have a lot of Arizona teams. It's the Arizona league. So I have to go there tomorrow to play a game in the morning. Um, so I'm there a lot. I don't mind it. I don't mind Scottsdale. I don't mind Phoenix. Well, that's my only experience I've ever had in Scottsdale. So maybe I'll just give it another go. But um, we got to wrap this up. You yeah, have, you have people so to train. Jamie I got to go to Carver State. Is actually at the gym <gasps> waiting for you. Yeah. Oh no, no. I saw. I told her three. So. Oh my God! What time is it? Hopefully she hears this. We talked for a long time. We did. It was great. Um, I had fun. Okay. Tell everybody where they can find you. Uh, Malta Fitness is at sixty six seventy five South Tanea Way. It's near um, Rainbow and the two fifteen. And your so Instagram, Southwest. so people can check out them cakes. Yeah, and uh, if you need any help with nutrition or anything, just you can or uh, DM me. Um, <laughs> Seth Lagana and Instagram. I'll, I usually try to get to everybody, even if it's for free. I'll try to help with anybody with their any their questions that they have. You say your last name like a Texan, and I appreciate that. Yeah, my I'm gonna stop saying Lagana. 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 Love it. Yeah. Love you. Love you. Okay. Bye. Bye. <laughs>